Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. We're discussing Survivor Co-Wrong, Episode 9, where we had a water felony that was actually committed by someone that wasn't Debbie. Thanks, Mark, for that joke. Uh, I'm John. My co-host is Andy, and he will do his absolute best to douse your enthusiasm for this season. Andy, let him have it. I like this episode. Oh, you off to a terrible start. I really did. And what's weird is like we have a reputation, I think earned, I think it's fair, of being a more strategically focused, you know, podcast and site. And if you look at our seasonal rankings, uh, we tend to value seasons where people knew what they're doing over seasons where people didn't. I think this was an episode where no one knew what they were doing or if they knew what they were doing, um, they were doing it wrong. And I still really enjoyed it, uh, which, yeah, despite there's some really unenjoyable things, it was just, it was a lot of crazy, like, what, what, what? And then the tribal council was just like, what? And that <laughs> is the amazing analysis that you guys all tuned in. Yeah. A plus. You really recovered from that, uh, awful start there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on board with you. I'm still liking this season overall. And I think there's still actually a few different possible narratives for a winner that would make me happy with this season. So I'm liking where we're going so far, even though there are certainly some outcomes to the season that would disappoint me. Yeah, no, it's been interesting. And I think it's, I think there's a good chance unless, you know, it really did go down to the path of just a really unsatisfying end game, which is something I'm not un- ruling out, but I'm not necessarily saying that it's destiny, but if it just kind of plays out the way it is, this will probably be, you know, mid tier, like yep. survivor. And we enjoy Survivor. I I don't think there's been anything spectacular so far. And uh, um maybe last night's Tribal Council might count in that. Uh, everybody's like, oh, you should have, too bad you didn't have it for, you know, the tournament. Although, let's be real, it would have, like, lost in the first round if it was. Because yeah. uh, at the end of the day, it was like, people don't vote for the success of the people who ended up succeeding last night. You know what I'm I'm going to call this, like, so far? This is right on... Maybe not quite on that level, but it's right in the range of, like, Panama. Yeah, I mean, that's Panama is what we kind of hold up as the almost like the divider between these are the seasons that are good and these are the seasons that are bad. And it's right there. Like, yeah, I think there's some interesting characters. I think everybody's, well, not everybody, <laughs> but most people are doing interesting things. Uh, it might not all make sense, but at the end of the day, uh, somebody gets voted out and somebody's going to win. So we'll see how it goes. But... Uh, just kind of seeing how it all like worked. And it's like, how could you, but wait, huh? Oh my God. Is that, but no, 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 no. Like it, it was, a, it was kind of a fun little emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And just FYI, if you do one more at the end of the day, I'm going to stage an intervention. I think we're done because you know, I, this is at the end of my day. <laughs> Actually, that only applies to one of us and it's not really you. <laughs> all right. So let's start discussing the episode first of all and i don't know how to start you know usually we really like start with the main strategic thing and then we move on to you know the you know and tear it down there and often it involves you know who got voted out what they should but i don't know what the main strategic thing is because they were all kind of the thing so maybe chronological is the way to go sure let's go in order so they come back to camp perhaps unsurprisingly Scott and Jason were not thrilled with the results of the last tribal council. Uh, they thought they had the numbers on their side. And now I think they might have seen the writing on the wall. And they're a little upset about it. They start what Scott calls psychological warfare. No, I think it is Jason called it that. Who cares? One of them called it that is the point. And then this sets off the chain of events that led to that insane tribal council. Yeah, and it was just like... Obviously, uh, this isn't genius play at, at action. And they tried to disguise it as strategy, but I think it was just... Sour grapes. Yeah, it's just sour grapes, and they just wanted to do something. Like, oh, you made us feel small, so I will try to reclaim power by doing this other thing. It's dumb. The one thing I can't say is that they were throwing away jury votes, because I don't believe they had any to throw away. Right. <laughs> like, I, I think, you know, before last night's episode, none of us thought that they were going to win in front of a jury. And I think that the the... The series was also, like, broadcasting that to us in the mouths of players on there. Like, oh, we want to go to the end with them because they'll never get any votes. So I'm not sure if this actually cost them anything. But, you know, just from a general standpoint, it's not a good idea to openly antagonize those that you hope 
one day we'll be voting for you to win. Right. Or even if you're just trying to get them to drag you to the end, like I think judging from the confessionals we've seen from the other people, they're already objectionable enough that people kind of want to go to the end with them because they feel like those two are beatable. Why then jeopardize that and make it so that they might vote you out well before the end? Yeah, and I think I was all set to criticize this, and this is one of those where I'm glad I don't live tweet my opinions at all, and you weren't able to. Right. uh, Because by the end of the episode, you know, as much as I would like to hem and haw, like, these idiots, how will this ever work? Um, Maybe it kind of worked in a weird way. Yeah, I, I don't know that this was the actual plan they had in mind, although we did get some confessionals that implied that it might be. Eh... People say a lot of things. Oh, yeah, no, like, I'm not saying that this is necessarily a result of their genius, but, like, I do believe, you know, as laid out, and maybe they laid it out, like, three days after the fact, mm-hmm. um, is let's do a bunch of dumb stuff, get people mad, and then they'll do something stupid. And kind of, there was a lot of stupid stuff that kind of happened after this, so, and at the end of the episode... Oh, so close. All of them are here, and no idols have been spent, so... <laughs> yeah, and really, the goal was to find, basically, a crack, someone willing to work with them, and they did it. They found Julia, who started feeding them intel from the other side. It should not have worked, it right? Like, they, they were being jerks, they were dumping water out, it's like, everybody, like, water's no joke, they need the water, and, you know, finding dry firewood is no joke, Some, like, it should have galvanized everybody that wasn't them, against them, and it galvanized, like, four people that weren't them, or, I'm not sure what the numbers are, because it's hard to keep track of everybody, but, it, it's stupid, it's so stupid to do something like that, but... There have been times when I've been watching Survivor and you've seen where like the, the, the provider types just basically are clearly on the outs. The other side have made it clear that they're on the outs and they're just like, eh, what are you going to do about it? Now I, I want to make it clear that I don't think Jason is a provider type, <laughs> no. but I think that probably describes, you know, Ty definitely and maybe Scott a little bit. Uh, that they don't, don't hide the machete and axe, but maybe it's the time for work to rule a bit. Because I, I can imagine that it would be frustrating to be like, everybody be like, eh, hey, we're gonna vote you out when we feel like it, but, uh, we still expect you to make dinner. Right. Until then, will you keep cooking for us? But, they wouldn't have had to cook if they won a reward, which is a beautiful segue into the reward challenge, which had a nice little twist to it. Yeah, no, so it shouldn't have worked, but then there's Julia deciding to flip to their side. And when it first happens, maybe it's just like, you know, like, can we just get this reward <laughs> over with? Somebody has to do it. Uh, like she was taking one for the team, but clearly that's not how it was received. Was this a bad idea by Julia? I actually wondered at first if someone was going to willingly go to their side and then intentionally sabotage that group. Once it was Julia, though, I kind of suspected that that wasn't going to happen, especially considering how quickly she seemed to volunteer and enthusiastically. She immediately got that side eye from Sydney, like, um, excuse me, what what's going on right now? Yeah, and that's kind of how, as stupid as it is, it kind of worked, because as soon as any, like, and again, this is like talking about winning the battle and not the war, obviously. But yeah, as soon as anybody broke ranks at all with these People, you know, these three men, you know, two and two plus one. Although, kind of seems like people really aren't into Ty either. Yeah, all of a sudden Julie was dead to them, and they weren't even talking about voting out guys anymore. So weird. Well, the one move that I will say that I liked the most was Joe immediately volunteering to sit out. I feel like that's the right call. Don't get in the middle of it. Just immediately sit out. Pick your allies to win, even if you're pretty confident they're going to lose the challenge. So you're out of the fray. Yeah, and hey. You could win without playing. That's a great way to play. It's like, I don't need to actually compete. I'll just gamble. Exactly. I like that the women, you know, theoretically had a chance. So you'd think, like, in the first part of the challenge, being smaller and might be an advantage. I thought, like, Scott would get in the way, but he was just able to hold the ropes and all that. And, and I will say, Debbie, quite an arm. Yeah, no, I thought yeah, I thought she might have actually brought him back. But, yeah, it was close. Know, the, the lead was too big, I yeah. think, at that point. So I, when that happens, she's like, Julia, no, no, no. But and I mean, if we're just judging results, uh, I think you could make the argument that Julia ended up having the best night. 
She's at least a contender, right? Yeah. She actively put herself into a position, whether it's the best possible position. I don't know. I feel like regardless of if it's the best, it's probably at least better than where she was at. Yeah, that that's actually a great point. She went from somebody who was just kind of there to somebody who's doing stuff. And, you know, if she's able to move on, can point to this moment as an argument for why she deserves to win. Now, of course, it could also be the argument why a jury wouldn't vote for her. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I kind of appreciate, and this is obviously completely results-based judgment, uh, but at least being somewhat active, she actively is trying to do something. She could have easily pretended to work with those guys and then, you know, told the women, and maybe that might have even been a plan, but the women were kind of unreceptive to what she did. Uh, but it's a little better than maybe the people that are just reacting to everything that's been going on since the episode started. I'll go out on a limb and say that Julia is the best 18-year-old to ever play the game. I think at this point, she was 19. So that's probably it. She had that birthday, and then uh, she was just like, that's it. It's time for me to grow up and do something. Yeah, she did have the birthday, like, right at the start of the season. So you're right, she is 19. Well, I think, like, during, like, that, like, the the, the past week or something, if you follow uh, the very helpful, this is what you didn't see tweets <laughs> of the survivors. They're like, oh, well, I don't... <laughs> think i never see that that's pretty boring uh so yeah no, so she you know took the bait and she flipped and then that was the next kind of move and then night falls after they have you know their chinese food uh with you know mark the chicken uh, by their side and yeah at this point we think ty is just kind of you know by the guys he's not signing off on their actions but he's kind of like well nobody else wants to play with me and then he turns to the dark side no was that crushing? He looked so disheartened as he did it, though. It, you wanted to feel for him. Like, he's, you can just make the argument in your head that he was coerced into doing it just to make yourself feel better. Oh, no. I mean, there's a lot of ways to rationalize what Ty did. And I think the episode really wasn't that interested in painting him a villain in the way that they definitely were Scott and Jason. Which, you know, I'm not faulting the episode for doing so. I think uh, it's probably a reality uh, situation of the choices that Scott and Jason made. And I'm also not faulting them because, you know what? Making a tie into a villain takes a lot more effort. And I'm someone that understands expending effort sucks. But I, I will say that, you know... A lot of the arguments against Ty as a winner is all like, oh, adorable Ty. He could never do the things you need to do to get your hands dirty to win Survivor. I'm not sure we can say those things anymore. I think I was one of the people that said those things. You were very... I, the word adorable definitely is something he said. Definitely. Um, Yeah, and it's just like, you know, when you see it, it's like, ah, come on, Ty. But here's the thing. Like, as much as, like, you know, you're, I'm wondering whether what Scott and Jason did worked on its own, no... But this specific instance of, you know, flooding the fire again when nobody's around, that seemed to work. Like, I think that set off the entire you know, second half of the episode. Yeah, and then that's when the dominoes start falling into place, which is, again, a beautiful segue to the fact that we got an immunity challenge about dominoes. Except we're not really going to talk about the immunity challenge. It was a cool immunity challenge. It was. It was great. All right, and back to time. the game. But, um... But yeah, it's like, cause that's the one where Aubrey was like, okay, it was Scott. So, you know, first point for Ty, he gets off scot-free. Um, I don't know if there's a pun there, mm. but sure. Um, and then there, because of that, it's like, that must mean that Scott has an idol and he's trying to put the target on him. And ergo facto, that means we got to vote out Julia. Yep, and so. it's, what? <laughs> okay. So I know you got very upset this week about the Aubrey defenders. I'll be one. All right. I can understand the logic here. She had the right plan with the Julia vote because she did pick up on Julia not being loyal to them. And in the right scenario, if Julia is not going to be part of your group that's going to split the vote, you may as well just get rid of her anyway and then hope that the idols get played while you're getting rid of her. Mm -hmm. So kind of kill two birds with one stone. Um, the other thing is... She was putting it into place early before the challenge, which is fine. I mean, lay the groundwork so you're not springing it on someone with an hour to go before you head to tribal council. Mm -hmm. So did a great job there. But then Julie gets immunity. Her plan gets a lot more complicated. Now, should I, should I transition into her next plan with Debbie or do you want to dispute that one? 
No, actually, I'm not necessarily disputing anything you say. I'll, I'll, I'll just put it out on here because I think it's important to talk about this in order. Because, yes, I think traditional survivor thing, the person that, you know, you kill the flipper. And also in this situation where you worry that you, there's at least one idol they seem to be worried about, uh, possibly two. It's hard to figure out which of those people to vote for. So, you know, you do the Edgardo play. You play, you, you put your votes on the person least likely to get the idol and hope you flush it. So I don't disagree with any of that. I'd say the optimal play, if you trusted Julia, is the 3-3-3 that they were discussing. Mm-hmm. This would have the advantage of getting rid of a guy and getting rid of the idols. That's what you should have been shooting for. But again, if you don't trust Julia, if she's not with you, which seems to be a good read, then you can't do that. Right. I just want to repeat again that they did not do the all the optimal play that would have actually left them in this episode in a better spot than they finished because they didn't trust Julia. Let's carry on to the next move. <laughs> okay. And to be clear, Aubrey and Sydney both picked up on that. And yeah. from what we saw in the episode, it did seem to be right because she immediately went and told Scott, Ty, and Jason of what the plan was. Or at least Scott, she was telling. Agreed. So they can't trust Julia, so they have to vote her out. But then they can't vote her out because right. she has immunity. So this kicks off another plan. Right. Aubrey's backup plan eventually turns into voting Debbie out because Debbie's refusing to vote the way that Aubrey and Sydney have decided. Sydney's already carried out her end of the bargain. She's got a vote on her side. Aubrey's got to bring in Joe. Which she does not do, by the way. Everybody wants to give Aubrey credit. She did not bring in Joe. Right. However, the plan to get Debbie is still fine because if idols worked the way they always had, once again, you could have played this, taken out Debbie, and flushed the idol. This is the one thing that we didn't talk about with the super idol before the season started because we went over all these possible scenarios and how, you know, was it actually any better than two idols by themselves, blah, blah, blah. So this is the scenario I don't think we discussed where the other people in the game don't realize that you can combine the two idols after a vote and then be immune. So you can keep threatening them with playing both of the idols and they're probably going to be confused that you're not playing them. I'm, I'm guessing the first instinct when you don't play them is they think, oh, someone on our side flipped and told them, blah, blah, blah. So again, in a normal scenario, Aubrey did the exact right thing. She just didn't know how those idols worked or necessarily that there were two. Yeah. So quick sidebar on that, because I think this is important. Um, Debbie in her exit interviews has been saying, oh, no, we knew all about what the super idol did and who had the idols because Neil told us. It's important as we say all the time, to be skeptical of what people say in their exit interviews, uh, because people like to create a hagiography that makes them look a lot better than they were. Uh, and, you know, certainly suggesting that, oh, no, no, I knew everything that was going on, I just couldn't do anything about it, is better than I didn't know anything, because you can't erase the outcome of you getting voted out. Um, I would say it's extra important to be skeptical when the person saying these things is a uh, convicted felon for, you know, falsifying information. So I'm just, I'll, I'll put that out there. Mm-hmm. And as evidence, I will say that in her Ponderosa video, she confronts Neil about not telling her about the idol. So I will agree with you that I don't think they knew about the super idol, despite Ty basically telling them about it last week. Right. And so as the counter to that, I'll say, Tony lied about what his idol could do, too. So... He- he may have been saying that and they may have thought like, oh, okay, yeah, Ty is trying to convince us his idol is super powered in some way, whatever. Tony tried the same gambit. It's not going to work on us. Yeah. And again, I don't think they knew because uh, the other evidence I have is, uh did those people at tribal council act like they knew what was going on? Nope. No, they seem to kind of come in with a second plan, which is important here because they changed their vote to Debbie at tribal council. So even if they came up with this whole plan, of, okay, it's Debbie. Um, well, that wasn't what they intended to do. So what was their plan and why did they change it? I don't know, but I do know that the, the Debbie vote was the right plan in a scenario where idols work the way that you think that they have always worked. So here's what I say, and this is why I wanted to repeat it the first time. She wanted to vote out Julia because she could not trust Julia. She ended up 
putting all her trust in Julia so she could vote out Debbie. And Debbie was the target because Debbie didn't want to vote Julia, who she wanted to vote out because she couldn't trust. So in the end, what she ended up doing is trusting Julia to vote somebody out. So if you're going to trust Julia to vote somebody out, don't you just do the 333 thing that we talked about at the beginning of this whole discussion? Uh, I think at that point, it's probably too late to pull off that scenario. And But what did they go into tribal council planning to do? So I'm saying maybe you couldn't trust Julia to vote one of those three out, but you can see it being in her best interest to vote with you to get Debbie out. So then if it's Julia's best interest to vote Debbie out, is it yours? It depends on how you view the idols being used, because now they clearly know there's idols. They get shown at the tribal council, and they know there's two of them. So again, if you think they're both going to be played, yes, that is the right move to make. But here's the thing. So if you don't trust Julia, because that's the whole reason why you're not just voting out Scott, is because you don't trust Julia. In fact, that's why you wanted to vote for her, but now you can't because she's mute. Then why are you trusting Julia? And if you've decided, I have no choice but to trust Julia, then why are you wasting that bullet on a, not even a secondary target, a thirdary target? Because at the end of this tribal council, uh, I decided to make up a word. Okay. Uh, at the end of this tribal council, this is where Aubrey stands. Scott, Ty, Jason, all in the game. Yep. Two idols. Yep. Julia, still in the game. Very likely, or just as likely as before, to be aligned with those. That's four people. You have voted out Debbie, a person you were aligned with who you could probably very easily beat in the final. And now you have yourself, Sydney, somebody who could possibly beat you in the final, Joe, whatever, and then, like, the rest of your alliance. Uh, it's tied 4-4. And the other side has two idols, if you don't trust Julia. If you do trust Julia, then roll the dice and try to take out somebody important. Because I don't care what you think those idols are going to do, unless you really truly believe that this is a super idol, which this whole premise of this argument is that they don't, then take the shot. And if you fail, you fail. Because at this point, aren't you just isn't just a bunch of death by a thousand paper cuts? Either way, they're taking the shot. But they're not. They took a shot at Debbie. They they weakened their side in order to just basically punt the decision a few uh, like three days down the road. And I get your argument, and it is a good one. If you can't trust Julia later, why are you trusting her now with this very crucial vote? Yeah, like in, in the end, they decided ah threw their hands up. I guess we're gonna have to trust Julia now because I've decided I really want to vote out Debbie. Then just go all the way trusting her and try to vote out Scott. And if you don't trust her, then I guess you got to come up with another plan. Now, I will appreciate the sensitivity and the difficulty is that the risk is that Aubrey could be going home. But I don't know how putting your trust in Julia, who you don't trust, doesn't engender that risk anyway. Well, it's not like, even that Aubrey could go home. It was also that Sydney could go home. And Sydney had clearly become her tightest and most reasonable ally. Yeah, and I guess the reason why I'm harping more on Aubrey is, well, A, people are like, yeah, Aubrey, she did it again. Um, to which I respond, yeah, Aubrey did it again. Um, and also just because uh, Sydney didn't lose as, as close an ally as Aubrey did. They voted out Debbie! And here's the one thing. I understand wanting to rid yourself of Debbie. Uh, she clearly doesn't seem like an alliance partner you could work with as well. And I also kind of feel like Aubrey, and one of the reasons why she's connected herself so well to Sydney, is she's like, finally, there's somebody I can talk to and game plan with. Yeah, and that's the thing, is if, if Debbie is your alliance partner, how good of an alliance partner is she if she won't vote with you? I'd say she's probably better than Scott, who is still in the game and has potential protection of idols. She's probably better than Julia, the person who she just entrusted the, her entire vote at for. And again, that was at tribal council. So everybody was like, oh, no, she she had done all this mental gymnastics and figured out and all this, and she needed to do that. She needed to vote out Debbie to save her own skin. That's not what she went into tribal council planning to do. So she, what happened... From my perspective, and, you know, basically I think this episode, your perspective is um, just completely your perspective. I have no idea what happened this episode. <laughs> uh, is she got played. Aubrey and Sydney got played by those three guys. That's what happened. They started the episode in complete charge, and one of those three guys was going to go home. And at the end, none of those guys went home. They scrambled at tribal council and got rid of somebody who would never beat them. 
Yay! Oh my god, Arby's a queen! And speaking of how those guys played, let's talk about how they played the idols at the Tribal Council, because I enjoyed the theatrics. I liked the Rochambeau thing and their, like, sheer glee as they did it. What about you? Yeah, I think you and I especially have to appreciate the troll game. (laughs) They were just trolling people, and, you know, like... We want to make this clear. We do not like them, but sometimes you just got to be like, hey, hate the player, but don't hate the game. Because it was, yeah, it was entertaining. And especially because, like, these guys are under no obligation to do things that makes it easier for people to vote them out. Like, they were just throwing a bunch of stuff to discombobulate people. It was entertaining, and it worked. It did. Yes, they were playing it up for the cameras, but it was fun to watch. So it worked. Yeah, and, like, you know, if you want to, like, oh, it didn't work, like, then why were people whispering? Like, clearly, people changed their plan, and the three of them are still there, and they both, they still have their idols. That's, I want to make sure nobody loses sight, and I'm sure most people haven't, because I think there's a bit of doomsday scenarios going out there. But, yeah, Jason and Scott and Ty, still two idols, still possibly have a relationship with Julia, and were not voted out last night. So, fully for them... All right, so let's talk about then, because you seem to be down on just about everybody's gameplay so far. Was there anybody whose gameplay you actually did enjoy? Yeah, so it's like, who played well? I think the answer is no one. I think everybody had just varying degrees of uh, faults. Um, and actually, one quick thought I had of that is, like, maybe it's just really tough being out there, man. <laughs> maybe just nobody's thinking they're at their best. Like, I will have some sympathy. You know, they might just be really tired and dehydrated they, all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, they probably haven't drank in 24 hours. Yeah, because some jerk just damn dumping out their water. <laughs> Make it, uh, again, I cannot state this clearly enough. I do not support the actions of Sky Jason and Scott. Um, but, so that kind of makes, like, who was the least bad player? And I think it might have been Ty, actually. Oh, see, I disagree. I think, for me, it was Sydney. All right. Uh, I will let you, uh, argue Sydney's case. For Sydney, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, she had rational, reasonable plans. She brought the votes that she said she would bring. And she also, like I said earlier, caught on to the fact that Julia was slipping away from them. She, you know, figured out, stick with this group of women at the Alliance, play the, uh, or at the, sorry, reward challenge, play as a foursome, which was the best they could possibly do, and, you know, stick together. Because that then tightens your bonds if you win or lose. And, I mean, if they hadn't voted out Debbie, she would have gone home. So I guess it kind of worked out for her. Yep. Uh, which is part and parcel with my argument of Aubrey is like, uh, I'm not sure losing our Debbie over Sydney is the most optimal scenario. Like, if you had to pick, wouldn't losing Sydney be better than losing Debbie? But maybe not. Maybe Sydney's somebody she can work with. Debbie is not. Um, I will say, about Julia, about Julia flipping, how much of it do we say, hey, Julia's doing something, or bad Julia for doing that, and how much do we put on the people who clearly made her feel like she should start looking for other scenarios? Are you talking about the three men that made her think that, or the group that didn't make her feel secure enough to stay where she was? That's the one, because you know, I think they'd be like, hey, they totally recognized she was flipping, and you know, they cut her right away. It's like, well, maybe, though, you could have just made her feel secure and not immediately feel like she was being ostracized for you know competing in a reward challenge. Um, like, And that's kind of where I'm at with uh, Sydney, is did she push Julia away? No, because Sydney is a goddess, and she's doing everything right. And then here's a question for Aubrey. <laughs> Do you think any of this might be because she wrote Julia's name down a few days ago? In like a week, I guess, at their time? Definitely not. But you're you're not making your defense of why Ty was your least bad player this week. Well, I'm still arguing against Sydney, but sure, uh <laughs> Ty. Just cause I do think that you know some fault that we might not be putting the proper fault on poor social play. That if so, they they had somebody defect possibly to people who just, like, hid their machetes and dumped water. Like, that should not have probably happened. Like, would that have happened to Kim Spradlin? Well, no one's ever leaving Kim Spradlin. There you go. But then, completely unfair to try to ever compare somebody to Kim. Exactly. Except that, you know, Kim had exactly as much experience at playing Survivor at this point in the season as Sidney did. Um, for Ty, uh, he doesn't seem to be the immediate target right now. 
Uh, he doesn't seem to be taking the heat of his partners. And as disheartening as it may be to see him turning to the dark side, and as much as people would love it if he kept the uh, super idol that he was in possession of at the end of the episode, uh, spoiler alert, he didn't keep it. He gave it right back. Um, and like uh, Jason said that on Twitter, and I don't feel like that spoiled. It never entered in my brain for a second that Ty would actually keep it. And the reason why is that going with Jason and Scott is his best move. It's unfortunate. It doesn't make me feel good that cheering for Ty's success also in some ways means cheering for their success. Uh, but if we're talking about it from Ty's perspective, those two have offered him real partnership and alliance. They even handed over the idol that we puffed our chest and said Jason never would do. Yep. Eating those words. The other side is just like, nah, screw Ty, right? Like they didn't offer him anything. They left him in the cold, you know, out in the cold on the vote last week where they didn't tell him that it changed from Jason to Nick. And... The only people who we've seen show any interest in having an alliance with Ty this whole season are Scott, Jason, and Debbie. Well, I don't know that Ty, the interest was mutual with Debbie, though. It clearly wasn't, but I'm saying those other people haven't reached out to Ty. And I think they're going to try real hard next week, and it might be a little too late. Maybe not. Um, but I think, like, that's it. Like, he had one play here to make. It worked. And he didn't take the heat for it. So that's why I think Ty had the least bad week. All right. Let's move on to some evacuation scenarios then. All right. So you won last week. Of course. And um, we're going to make this the last week that we do this. Uh, we are currently tied three scenarios to three. So we don't want to end on a tie. We know that um, one of these upcoming weeks, we probably will also not want to do it because there might be one more medevac left. That could make all this talk about how people are sitting in the game completely useless because it might just destroy the end game. Uh, so this week is for all the marbles. What do you got? If you're a longtime viewer of this show, you know that they like to do the product placement award- reward challenges, right? So one of the popular ones they've had in the past, and they haven't done it lately, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't come back, is the um, sprint phone reward. So you get in, in those challenges, you win, you get some time with the latest and greatest phone on the Sprint Network. So in my scenario, Julia is on a group that wins this reward. They get to have the phone. Julia grabs the phone. She downloads some Snapchat. She goes in there, does a little nice duck face selfie. She's she's getting all the angles of it, trying to make it look the best possible. And then... As she's concentrating hard on the screen, trying to get the perfect face, an actual duck flies and slams into her duck face. She's knocked out. Medics come in. Concussion protocols to to demand that she be removed from the game. Medevac by Snapchat duck face. That's how Julia goes home. I wonder what filter you put. On the, the picture of the duck just smashing in her face. Is it like you do a face swap or anything like that? It's hard to say. Uh, alright, that's possible. Um, obviously this past episode was pretty crazy in terms of, you know, strategies going back and forth, trying to figure out what's going on. I think next week will be even more difficult because I don't know if I've belabored this point enough, but those three guys are still there and they still have two idols that can be combined as a super idol. So, and, the side that isn't them, uh, your Joe, your Aubrey, uh, Sydney, Sydney, uh, maybe Julia, the rest of them. They need to figure out how they conquer them without one more person. Uh, they can't just do a vote split like they could have done, but decided not to. Uh, so they have to go back and forth. So that whole alliance, you know, give or take Julia. I'm not, not sure if she'd be involved in this, but hey, you trusted her enough to vote with you this time. They're running different scenarios. Or, you know, okay, maybe we do this, and and if this happens, then this happens, and then this, and then we do this, and our second plan is this, and plan C is this, and they're going all back and forth, all of them, and Joe's just sitting there, uh, taking it all in, and then literally, his mind blows. They literally blow Joe's mind with strategy talk. That is how he gets medevac. I almost slipped the phrasing in there, but I'm not going to. All right, so there it is. Last time to vote. That that's your game seven. That's that's Snapchat Duckface against the Joe literal mind blow. Vote for your favorites this week 
on our predictions post, purplerockpodcast.com. And on that post, you can also predict who will be voted out this week. Time for us to do that. Uh, would you like to go first? I'm always terrible at this. You are actually really terrible at it. We like to make fun of, like, obviously, we need to make fun of me. I got none right last season. We were making fun of Emma because she hadn't gotten any right, but she just did. Um, the only one you've gotten right was basically identifying Caleb's prone body that one time in yep. previous. Yep, and I actually analyzed it like the Zapruder film and figured out it was him. So I kind of had an advantage on that one. Yeah, it wasn't so much a prediction as, oh, that's Caleb. Yeah, I saw his red shorts in that shot. <laughs> so let's see if you can actually get a prediction this week. Okay. Um, I will say one thing that I'm pre- not predicting but hoping happens in this next episode is uh Sydney needs to come at Ty and say, vote with us or I'm going to saw off that chicken's head and just be holding the saw in her hand. They actually did threaten death to the chicken. In the secret scene this week, they were they're so pissed at the guys, understandably so, um, and when they were going off to eat their chicken, that they were like, let's just go kill Ty's chicken. And I got to say that if they had done it, Man, it really would have been hard to cut up that chicken without that machete and axe, right? I I feel like it's a little more cruel to the animal if you're using a saw to take the head off the chicken. It's, well, I guess you got to use what you got. I feel like that might not have made air if they did that. Like, PETA might have gotten a little upset about that one. I think they would have been, like, maybe starting to do in production. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> can we think this through? I guess you can snap the neck, but then what? <laughs> Okay, so here's my scenario. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to say Julia goes home. I'm wrong. I, I just, I can't even expend effort on this. I'm always going to be wrong this season. So I'll just say Aubrey, Sydney, Joe, Ty, and whoever else, they vote for her. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with Aubrey. Uh, I think, um, I think Julia is flipping. I think one of the reasons why she would vote for Debbie and not tell the guys is that she didn't have to show her cards yet. They didn't force Julia into showing their cards, so they don't actually have any more information now than they would have. Uh, I think she still is planning to go to the end with the guys because, you know, why wouldn't you? Uh, and I think that why Aubrey over Sydney? One, you know, Sydney might win immunity. Uh, but I think also, I think Julia wants to vote her out. And when she does, she uh, maybe she writes Sydney's name down first and crosses it out. Ooh. So then, yeah, I guess it, it'd be tough because it is 4-4, four, four. Uh, but maybe the group of uh, Jason, Scott, Ty, and Julia gets, you know, one of the people that basically just sit around and wait to be told who to vote for. They flip rather than uh, going uh, for rocks. Okay. So we've got another fun thing that we can talk about here because we've got a few minutes left. Yes, and it's potential spoilers. Um it's not true spoilers in the fact that uh, we don't know if any of this information is correct. Well, so maybe, how about this? So maybe we push this to the end. Let's do some quick plugs now. But yeah, so we are going to talk about the rumors of uh, the cast for season 34. They are out there. I imagine most of you know it if you are the kind of person who, you know, listens to a Survivor podcast. But it's cool if you kind of want to wait till Christmas Day to get your presents. So uh, at, after uh, the plugs, we will be talking about that. Right. So, if you'd like to follow us, uh, you can do so on our website at purplerockpodcast.com. Uh, on that site, we are in the finals of the Ultimate Survivor Tribal Council bracket. Yeah, you can vote for the best tribal council of all time. The final two options are Parvati's Double Idol Play and the Black Widow's Convincing Eric to Give Up Immunity. Yeah, so that will be open until Tuesday, at which point we will have a winner. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. The show is at Purple Rock Pod. I am at Purple Rock Andy. And I am at Purple Rock John. And we also have Tumblr, purplerockpodcast.tumblr.com. Don't even email us. I'm not going to give you the email address. And you didn't. I gave you guys a chance to write our post this week for free, and nobody took me up on that. Oh, you could have gotten so much exposure and content and whatever else it is that they say to convince writers to give them free content. Yeah, you know, as long as the exposure is like your Twitter handle, that's about as far as we would have gone. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, where you can find us. That's our show. And for everybody else who wants to talk about potential future developments, the time is now. Yeah. Let's talk season 34. 
for those of you that somehow don't know this already, Redmond, who you can find on Twitter at Redmond Survivor, I believe, uh, he released the list of potential season 34 cast members. Not all of them yet. He's, I guess, still working some sources trying to figure out who all of them are. But there's at least a decent enough group that we can talk about whose names on the list so far. Yeah, we should also mention that he has this on his site, and you should go there, InsideSurvivor.com. And, uh, yeah, he's got about, what, 44 or so. And I guess the quick question is, uh, what, what was your general reaction to this list? Pleased? Annoyed? Uh, other? I mean, there were some that I liked, some that I didn't like. I feel like that's going to happen with any random group of survivors you grabbed. It probably happened with the cast of, like, Heroes versus Villains. Right. And I think that's actually instructive, that um, maybe it's not a good thing for you to love all 40 people. Like, this, the season that is almost the consensus pick of the greatest season of all time, not only featured, but was dominated by Russell Hance. That's right. Um, and had some favorites go out pre-merge, too. Yeah, three, Tom, etc. Yep. Um, you know, Daniel DiLorenzo was a power player, apparently. So, yeah, I, I, and that kind of factors into uh, my reaction generally to these things. And it's like, I, I'm willing to just wait and see for the most part, which is, you know, not exactly the hot takes that people come to hear me deliver, <laughs> but it's kind of like, hey, cool, yeah. There's going to be survivors. I like survivors. Yeah, and I think I've said this in most scenarios where we talk about bringing players back you want some fodder to be there to go in those early boots so that your your favorites can last a little bit longer the unfortunate situation can arise though that the fodder rises up and votes out your favorites so it's always a little dicey having too much fodder on a season yeah and i i I think for me that this is more good than bad you know i I don't think this is necessarily like uh the sad shambles that they rolled out for Karamoan or something. Sad shambo? <laughs> they weren't able to get her. They tried. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, who who are you most excited about? Give me a few names. I'm very excited for Penner and Sari. Uh, I will always take them on just about any season. But I've heard that if you win on your fourth try, you are not good at Survivor. I knew you were going to go that troll route. I, th- I honestly thought you were setting me up for it. Nope. I'm interested in uh Earl and I guess Danny. I mean, partly because it's just been so long and Fiji was such a train wreck. I, I kind of want to see Earl back again just to see how well he plays with the different cast. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pumped for Earl because I've always liked him. Uh, you know, obviously, it's much easier to be likable in that right. dearth of a situation. But no, I mean, he was a level-headed guy. It'll actually be interested in uh, what an Earl who's seen Survivor before plays like. <laughs> because that wasn't the case in Fiji. Uh, he was cast the day before it started. Um, and yeah, Danny, I want somebody from Guatemala. I want them to recognize the existence of Dip Guatemala. Stop disavowing it. Um I will say I've kind of come around on the idea that Danny wasn't necessarily screwed by the edit so much as she screwed herself. Phrasing? Uh, sure, sure, phrasing. Yeah. And, you know, I guess that proves that somebody need not, you know, be trying to be interesting to win Survivor. I get it. Uh, but I think this time out, she wouldn't necessarily do that. I don't know if she'd be as distrusting of production as she was then. Although I suppose she had the right results, so maybe she would be. Right. I'll say that if they're going to disavow any seasons, Nicaragua was right there. Just... Start ignoring it, or keep ignoring it, I guess. But if you trust the list or not, Marty's on there. I know. And you know what? People are all, like, ready to gear up, like, trying to goad us the way we try to goad most people. So, you know, fair play. Uh I don't care. Sure, Marty. Uh, for one, I don't think Marty makes the ten men of this list. But if he did, you know what Marty and we have in common? We all think that Nicaragua sucks. Yep. So, like, he has gone on record many times in podcasts that I've listened to saying, yeah, my season was awful. He's also said that he didn't play very well. So, any people that agree with us are fine by me. <laughs> uh, Tony! Oh, God, of course. Yeah, and look, obviously, could Tony do it again? He'd probably be a big target, probably. But you know what? I'm willing to see it play out. I want that guy on my TV because he is great at it. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with Sandra. Like, this could crash and burn for Sandra, but... I'm still going to be down for more Sandra, just like I am. I always want more Tony. Yeah, and here's another one that's kind of weird. Both of us are kind of 
why is Malcolm like this controversial figure amongst like our our listeners? How is anyone not excited to have Malcolm come back? I mean, I get that maybe you've got like Malcolm fatigue because you're using Joe as the Malcolm substitute, but Joe is not Malcolm. Not at all. Malcolm was like, hey, first of all, he's not really a challenge beast. He's okay at challenges, but Malcolm was a strategic beast. He was super charming. He's a very smart guy. He's a confessional god. Like, when has Malcolm not been entertaining? Right. Like, remember when you loved him when he was like him and Denise versus the world? Remember when he like held up bro? Remember the three amigos? Like, he is good television. Yes, Malcolm is fantastic. We've had enough time, you know, if they're going to do it this quickly. And the one thing I will say, as somebody who loves All-Star Season, this one actually feels a little quick. Like, uh, the last one, the ink is barely dry on the one that just right. finished. Um, like, it's almost like they, you know, they've added at least one person from um, Cambodia and Jeff Varner. It's almost like, but I just saw him. Um, but I kind of get why you don't want to wait too long to bring Jeff Varner back. Uh, but yeah, no, Malcolm is good, and I almost also wonder if it's the thing where if you're a super fan of something, you kind of have to like not like things that are popular, and that happens in everything. It happens in music. It happens in TV. I've been the kind of person about like, uh, uh, they're no good because people who aren't as smart as me like them. But like, Malcolm, I- I'm he is one of definitely the the ten people I'm most excited about seeing again. Yeah, and I. You know, you said it is too soon. You're, you're right. But I think the fact that they're putting it at 34 is to try, to try to get a little bit more distance from second chance to this season. Yeah. Uh, so those are the people. And I'm also, uh, I'm, and I know this, you're not really as much, but I'm cool seeing Sophie again. Uh, she'll be older. I, 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 I'm, I think she's cool. Yeah, she's fine. I think she's been a lot more entertaining in other venues that I've seen her in since Survivor. I think part of it for me is just that I really disliked her season. I wasn't yeah. nothing necessarily against her, but I just, I did not like South Pacific at all. Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to see her removed from that scenario. Right, so exactly. And I think she's somebody that could do well as long as she doesn't play too hard because, yeah, she's not that threatening. She's somebody that you can work with. So, yeah, so on. Uh, so the people that you're uh, a little down on. Oh, God. If you've listened to this podcast enough, you knew as soon as you saw the face of Troy on that list that I would be very upset. And I was. Uh, I tried to keep my rant about it confined to the Purple Rock staff chat so that I didn't inflict it all on you on Twitter or right now on this podcast. But... Yeah, he was terrible at Survivor, and not even in enjoyable ways. Like, I would much rather watch Peter crash and burn a thousand times than see Troy back on another season. Uh, Troy Zen is the perfect John antagonist. Oh. Just somebody who isn't worth the effort of the hatred that you have. Because, like, look, I would never vote for Troy Zan to be on the show. Uh, I am not interested in seeing him back, but if somehow he made it back, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. Uh, and part of that corollary is, um, we might need some bad players to mix things up. We might need some antagonists. So, uh, and plus, you know, I can't steal your thunder. He's, he's your hate, man. Yep. Um, so the one that I think everybody that we associate is out with, and and I'm there with them, is Ozzy. Like, (laughs) what more do we need to see of Ozzy? Yeah, I mean, I at least get it with Ozzy. Like, me too. Know. That's the thing. We don't want to see Ozzy. Clearly, there's a big Ozzy audi- audience, as ju- as evidenced by uh, the, all the people complaining about Second Chance that Ozzy wasn't getting his. Right. If you've ever seen the Survivor Facebook page, you know why Ozzy is on this list. And look, if he's the freight we need to pay in order to get some of the awesome people we were talking about, okay. But yeah, I don't need, like, I didn't need to see him again after Micronesia. And South Pacific did not turn my idea around on that. Right. One thing I thought is if they ever did like an Aussie versus Joe versus Mike season, that, yeah, you know, it's not the sort of thing I'm into, but there would be some kind of, you know, thrill of seeing them go mono and mono and mono in challenges. But, Here's the other thing about Ozzy. He might be the best challenge competitor of all time, but he's not the best challenge asset in the team phase. Uh, yeah, I think you kind of have to lean towards Joe there because Joe last season basically did not lose a challenge for what three weeks in a row. 
Yeah, whereas, you know, Micronesia, Aussie took some L's, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'm talking three weeks on the island, so 21 days of not losing challenges. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, uh, if Aussie happens, then uh, hopefully he doesn't do well. Right. Um, no, why Carolyn? Oh, that's another one too. I, I mean, I get that one again, not because of people wanting to see her back, but more because of a demographic fit. I would take Debbie a thousand times over Carolyn, and I hope we get Debbie over Carolyn, but I get why she's on the list, at least. Um, yeah, the transitions are right, because Debbie's the other name I have on there, and I, I don't disagree with what you said, if it had to be one. Um, and I'd say, up until probably last night, and maybe even her exit interviews this morning, I would have been like, yeah, sure, Debbie, but I almost feel like, what's the chance that Debbie won't be more annoying her second time around. Well, I think that's the thing, is if she gets more annoying, you can hide her because you've got enough other people on this season. I mean, are you going to ditch a Penner or Sari confessional to show Debbie some more? Or Tony? How well were they able to hide Abby Maria? Uh, so, I don't... Yeah, I mean, look, if it happened, it's kind of the same argument as everybody, but... In the past couple of weeks, I'm, I'm less amped about the return of Debbie than I might have been earlier. Uh, one note about Carolyn, I would say, is I wonder if her vote totals spiked near the end of the voting last season. And that might be why they decided, oh, there is some audience interest here. Because she is one of the people on this list that they had some user data on. That's true. Uh, I still hope she doesn't get in. Oh, God, no. Like, what? What did she provide other than, oh, hey, maybe it's her because it'll be boring if it's just Mike. Uh, that's about it. And she had an idol. I mean, yeah, it worked. She played yeah, it right. It's true. And then uh, she got swept in the finals and the indications suggest that she might have lost to Rodney. Uh, so, yeah, those those are the kind of basically the three. Uh, there's others that like some people are pointing out that's really not worth getting worked up about. Like Peter is not getting on the season. Don't worry about it, people. It's not worth talking about. They can cast up to ten men. In what world is Peter one of them? Yeah, and there's another. There's some other ones too that people get her a little too excited about or too upset about. It's like, eh, who really cares? I mean, once you get at least a group of say five or six really good people on there, you know, fill out the season with whatever. As long as it's not a hands. Yeah. If you have additional opinions, and I think a lot of people have exhausted theirs, but uh, we have an open thread going on our website. Uh, so if you just go to purplerockpodcast.com, you'll see it on the front page. We just kind of threw it up there to let people talk about it in a way that wouldn't spoil it for other people uh, by taking over other threads. Um, and it's fun. I mean, honestly, the best part of this whole Purple Rock enterprise is the uh, comments at this point. So thank you for participating and uh, join in if you have any more thoughts. Do you have any more thoughts, John? No, my only thought is that we should hit the theme music. That's what it's like when a woman wants a baby.